Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Mr. Fryer, let's duck, duck, go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Before we do a little bit of baseball with Gordon Wittenmeyer, an update on the Bulls from our guy Cody Westerland, who you should be following if you're a Bulls fan. At Cody Westerland is where you can find him. Zach Levine isn't listed on the Bulls' latest injury report for their game against the Bucks tonight as he manages knee issue. Expectation has been that he would play, but his availability on back-to-backs will be dependent on how he's feeling the day of moving forward. So we'll see in a couple of hours how Zach's feeling and if he's going to play. I suspect he will play. You know who's not playing? Baseball, at least Major League Baseball, is not playing right now. And I wanted to talk with Gordon Wittenmeyer because, honestly, I, I think he's one of the sharpest baseball minds out there, and he is his level of criticism is high, and I appreciate that when I have guests on. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. <laughs> Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Gordon, it's been too long, sir. How are you? Serious. I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? Man, I am I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I, I have a lot of things that I wanted to run by you, but I also know that like I, I just like having you on because I know that you care about the game in a way that that, that a lot of fans do. So how did we from your point of view? How did we get here where we're sitting here with the first two series canceled and I imagine a couple more getting canceled not too soon, not too long from now. So how did we get here? Oh, yeah. Well, there's it depends on where you want to start. If you want to start from these negotiations or sort of this. This CBA uh, the talks over this CBA, it goes back that we got here because this was the owner's plan. This was Manfred's game plan uh, to, to lock out the players, to give them a, 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 Tony Clark called it a weapon, an ultimate weapon. It's true. It prevents the players from setting their own, their own strike deadline and, uh, and dictating the pace of things. Then they slow played it. They didn't even talk to him for six weeks. Uh, clearly, they're, they don't care if they lose games. In fact, it, it, there's 
evidence to suggest that they they could be better off financially by losing all of April. So so there's that. There's their game plan in this. But you can peel this back even further back into history. And you can say it, it started with the last CBA. And I blame that one on the union because that was idiotic to sign that deal. Um, even some of us idiots in the media knew that that was a bad deal for the players. And what what was the result of that over the five-year span of that CBA? Average salaries lowered, average payrolls lowered, and even more dramatically, the mean salaries lowered, which which is disparity. It's a measure of disparity. There there's a, a literally a minority of the players covered in the in the uh, by the union make a million dollars, and and that, and that's I think that's a that's against what a lot of people's perceptions are. I'm I feel like because you're right about the it seems that the the, the owners don't want to play in April. Do you think that's just 2022 or overall, do you think they would prefer to have less games and have just been too afraid to say it? I think there's some that, that probably would rather see fewer games. Look, if you can expand the playoffs, that's where, that's where the vast majority of, of the money is made on the TV deals and so on. And, and so if you could expand the playoffs by what they would like to see is, is 14 teams instead of the 10 they have now, which is already a recent expansion, then you could play a shorter season easily. I mean, just, just move, just, just back off a little bit on the back end of the season and then uh, start a little bit later on the front end. Um, you would potentially get some more, uh, some better weather in the first week of games. And, uh, and, and also, you would have a, you know, where you make all your money would still be there. The, the great summertime days uh, in, in June, July, August, and the pennant races in September and then the playoffs. So I think there's a lot, uh, there's a lot to be said there. I think players probably wouldn't necessarily object to that either. But this thing about not wanting to play in April is very much a 2022 uh, phenomenon right now because they've got, they've got a bigger TV deal that starts taking coming into play this year. The money's the money's already in the bank, as, assuming they play most of their games. Uh, the Athletic had a report that until they get to about 25 games lost off the schedule, they don't have to give rebates on the local TV money in many cases. So. Between those savings, on uh, between the, the lack of losses by losing games early, the gains you're going to make on the back end, especially if you get some expanded playoffs by the time they get a deal done, and then the owner's contention that they don't plan to p- pay the players for the game's loss. So there'll be, it'll be prorated salaries. All of a sudden, it's a windfall for the owners, which is disgusting. If this is your end game and... and, and you look at losing April as a windfall for you, which clearly they do, that's despicable. You can read Gordon's work at NBC Sports Chicago. You see videos of him there. He also does the Cubs Talk podcast where he's yelling at Cap all the time, which I find very enjoyable, to, to, to tell you the truth, <laughs> of anyone yelling at Cap. It's a good, good thing. Take that. Um, so I, I want to go into this w- with, with you and, and talk a little bit about Manfred. From what you've been able to figure out, Gordon, your guy, I I just can't stand him. Um, but how do the owners feel about him? Is there any contingent of owner that looks at him and goes, "Man, I know that he's supposed to be a hatchet man, but he makes us look bad." Oh, I'm sure there's a few of them like that. 
He makes, but, but, you know, hey, listen, he makes us look bad, but he makes us an extra billion dollars each. What are you going to take? I mean, you, you'll take it. Look, this, this guy is, they, they spent, I, I wrote this in, in, in a column the other day. And I, be, I believe every bit of this to my core, you know, Marvin Miller is the union's hero. He, he changed the game, and in my estimation, for the better, because the players were, were an abused group of workers. Uh, and he got fair salaries and, and, a, and a fair economic landscape, and really, in some ways, uh, created blueprints for other sports, too, in the way that they dealt with their, the players dealt with their leagues. But he was, he was brilliant. They brought him in from the outside. He, he was from U.S. Steel and, and was a labor expert. It took baseball 50 years to get an answer to that. They've been chasing him for 50 years, trying to get somebody that could match wits with the, the union that he created uh, and, and, the, and, the, and sort of the, the structures that, that he helped create. They found that in Rob Manford. Mom, Rob Manford came in again from the outside as a labor lawyer, a labor expert that was part of, he, he was a sort of a contract worker, a, 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 a part of a, an outside lawyer team that helped him in the 80s through some of the collusion issues. And then in the 90s, all the way through that 94, 95 strike situation. And then eventually they brought him on uh, in, the, in, the, in baseball's commissioner's office. And then over time, he ascended to this position. He's not a baseball guy. Bud Selig, you can say whatever you want about him. If you got issues with Bud Selig, you don't like him, you think he was bad for the game, good for the game, whatever, he loved the game. Nobody is gonna, nobody who's ever met Bud Selig would say he doesn't love the game. That's what's, what I think is so interesting, Gordon, is that it's not that he doesn't love it, I feel like he hates it. It, it feels like that, right? I just, I just think he looks at it so coldly, like it's, there's, and look, baseball probably more than any other sport, you know, part of the allure is this, this sort of, you know, kind of kind of silly romanticism. You know, the, 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 all its history, it's, uh, some of the fans' fascinations with some of the, some of the numbers over the years and the statistics, the, the fact that it's, a, it, it's a, this, this pastoral game that's played in the sunshine, you know, ideally, historically, the whole thing. And Wrigley Field is... is is classic. It, it, it's a classic representation of, of what is considered iconic and traditional about baseball, and that and that's that's what I'm talking about. I don't think he I don't think he cares about any of that. You know, um, I don't think he appreciates that. I don't think he markets it. I, but I do think he's brilliant at labor law, and he's brilliant at this idea of of you know if we if we slip this in on the back end. You watch, they're not going to see it coming, and five years later, we're going to achieve what we've wanted for 30 years, a salary cap. That's basically what they have. You know, all, these, all this talk of all this other, this, all these issues, is paying the young guys, sure. Um, DHs, whatever. Salary cap is the whole thing because that's the revenue pie. And uh, the players have, got, have seen less and less and less of it. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Lawrence. If... If the league gave the union everything they asked for at every step of the way so far, the, the highest ask package that the union put out there, the league would still make more money going forward 
than the gains of the players. In other words, all the gains that the, that the league made, all the percentage increase of revenues over uh, the increases, uh, the percentage increases of pay and that kind of thing, that would continue. They would, they would still grow that even if they gave the players everything they wanted. Um, but just not by as much as they want. They just want the status quo. Players are angry. They've been voicing their displeasure through mediaries on social media as well. Anger's one thing. How resolved are they? How dug in are they to get what they want? Yeah, and historically, I mean, if, if look, l- just look at what the 81 strike, the 94 strike told us. 81 strike, I believe it was the 81 strike, the owners had a uh, had strike insurance. Uh, the strike ended the, the day before the day after the insurance ran out. So these, these are the kinds of calculations that come into play. This is why I think you can kiss April goodbye, because I think the owners have already calculated they don't need it. And uh, I think the owners have, an, I mean, the, the players have set aside some money too. I've seen reports of $178 million dollars. Um, as sort of their own saved up, uh, like slush insurance. fund, yeah, right to to help defray you know costs of players that aren't, aren't getting salaries. Uh, I don't know how long that lasts. I mean, I would imagine that guys like Max Scherzer, uh, Mookie Betts, uh, Mike Trout probably aren't tapping into that. They don't need to, but you know the guys at the lower end. So I don't know how long that lasts. Uh, I'm sure they've got some calculations on that. That will be the biggest test of their resolve. Uh, I, I'm surprised. I'm actually a little impressed, if not surprised, that a generation of players who in many cases weren't around, weren't alive in 94, 95, the last time this happened, have remained this united and galvanized. And, uh, you, you know, when you see Max Scherzer, who's already got his money, he just got a, a record AAV deal uh, at, at age 37 or whatever he is three-year contract with the Mets, and he's out there pounding the table for the guys making less than $700,000 because he's saying it's not fair the direction that these salaries are going and these players that have all this value early in their career, they're getting less and less money relative to everybody else. And uh, he's fighting for them. So it's, it's pretty impressive when you look at where the union is right now. As these things continue and more games are lost, more more salaries sitting there not earned and on the owner side if if losses of revenues start to hurt that's when the test comes into play i think it's going to take a while i don't i don't see this ending anytime soon neither do i gordon as always it's a pleasure to talk to you sir thank you for being on my show you too man thanks for having me that is gordon Wittenmeyer. you can read and watch and listen to him on nbc sports chicago does a great job of covering baseball for them and yelling at Cap. And Cap needs it. He needs it. Because if not, then he just gets to run around unchecked. And no one wants an unchecked Cap. Sometimes you need to get checked every now and then. He needs it every day. Hashtag take that. When we come back, we're going to get back into the Bulls. A new Bull is ready to put him up, put him up. Considering that the Bulls are going to run into, figuratively and probably literally, Grayson Allen tonight. We'll discuss that, and we'll relive what happened last night. Sorry, but it's a part of the show now. 
We'll do that next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's time for the two-minute report. Two minutes. What? Not one, but two. Oh, say less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. Kobe, top of the key. Line to the lane. Right corner, Levine. Double pump, three ball. Up, got it. Zach Levine with another three ball. That's his third. And for the Bulls, that's number six of the opening quarter. Bulls up five, six. Young weaves over the timeline. One-on-one with Iowa Dosubo to the rim. Blocked by Io, his 20th of the year. And here come the Bulls. Left quarter, Hunter on a pump and a fake and a right-handed slam dunk. Coming in baseline left. And two players for the Bulls were wise to get out of the way or else they would have been posterized. At the foul line, Hunter. Good defense by DeRozan. Far quarter, Herter for three. Remy got it. A kind roll to the rim. Herter in the third quarter has scored eight, including two triples. DeRozan in 27 minutes with a 12-6-7 game. DeRozan foul line left. Turnaround jumper on Bogdanovich. Got it. And Bogdanovich looking at the heavens saying, I know we went over this on the scouting report, but I can't <laughs> stop him. At the foul line, DeRozan with an up and under the nine footer. Rim got it. At the buzzer. Onions, baby onions. Did he use his left hand on that, Bill? Uh, yes, he did. This crowd on their feet. Trey Young off a side screen from Herder. Young one-on-one with Kobe White. Steps back, right quarter three. Got it. Oh, no. Trey Young with back-to-back jacks. 125-118. Young is just going to dribble it out, and this ball game is over as the Atlanta Hawks prevail. And a tough, tough loss for the Chicago Bulls, preventing the Bulls from a season series sweep. Very important. They had beat us three times early on, and uh, we, we knew we couldn't get swept, so we had to come out here and play hard and make it play together and, uh, and get this win. I mean, he's, he's who he is for a reason. You know, he's a big-time player. When it starts stars in this league, that's his MO is hitting big shots, and, you know, you try to make everything tough as possible for him. You know, um, it was his night he pulled it off. You know, you got to shake his hand. He let his team, he did what he was supposed to do. But with that, you know, we got to make it difficult on everybody else. And that goes back to just not fouling, not giving guys easy shots, getting out in transition. So, you know, um, that just come with effort. Highlights courtesy of the score. Chuck and Bill on the call. They will be on the call tonight. Pre-game for tonight's game is 6-15. It is a nationally televised game, but it is also being televised locally. So if you're in the house, watch it on NBC Sports Chicago with Adam Amin and Stacey King. If you're in the car, listen to Chuck and Bill. Or if you're like me and like to do a little mix and match, you can do that too on the Odyssey app. You have a little Odyssey app right there next to you. You can sync up the game with the TV, and you can do a little mix and match. Shout out to uh, Adam Amin. I meant to text him last night, but he was obviously, like, doing the game. Big Tigger, who used to host 106 in Park. Have City in the basement, too. Absolutely. He is the public address announcer for the Atlanta Hawks. I did a black history thing with him last week, and I, I was I was thrilled. Like, I was ex- as excited as Adam was like to be able to be in this group setting with him talking about black history is awesome. And he did a great job of doing the the PA announcement for the the Hawks and last night. 
The the game was awful, and it would seem that Trey Young took the hey, you know who stops Trey Young? Io DeSumo thing pretty seriously. Because he came out there and uh, did work. 11 of 18 from the floor. That's not what killed you. What killed you was 7 of 9 from behind the arc. 78% doing the thing where he's hitting shots from all angles. 39 points. And get this, 13 assists for Trey Young. Because other guys were out there getting buckets too. Kevin Herter's a nice player. Can get his own shot, plays tough. I, I I really like him as a player. And Bogdanovich is just a tough cover. They don't want to play any defense. They truly don't, other than Capella. But the Bulls made it super easy for them last night. They're, they're often still in half court looks stagnant. And I'm not sure how that gets better when you play some of the better teams. I, I know that you look at it, you go, they scored 124 points, Lawrence. What do you want them to do? I want their offense to be cleaner. I want them to not be, like, I don't want to end up, have possessions where DeMar ends up in the same space that Zach's in. Or people are bringing defenders to DeMar. I get if you're trying to set a screen, like if you're Vooch and you're trying to set up a mismatch with a big on DeMar, but there are times, and this is what I mean by the spacing, there are times when you watch the Bulls offense where DeMar might dribble left and there isn't any running and clearing out the extra defender. It's bringing another defender to him. And then when the double guy comes down, now he's trying to fight through three defenders to get to the bucket. Now, for the month of February, for which DeMar DeRosa was named Eastern Conference Player of the Month, he was able to do that. But as rotations shrink and as we get to playoff time, it's going to be made more difficult for him to get, get it done. And you've seen the last four games for DeMar have been difficult you see his scoring go down because of it and that's why I want to see like I enjoy that Donovan is mixing and matching lineups and I think that even with this losing streak that the Bulls are on that there should be room for him to figure that out so that when he gets into a playoff series and the Bulls are going to the playoffs he'll have a better gauge on what combinations work in what situations. There's still some trial and error here, and that's going to continue because you have, hopefully, Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso coming back, and then you've got to figure out how to get them involved in what it is that you're doing. Which brings us to tonight. Bulls versus Milwaukee, 6-15 pregame here on the score. I think the Milwaukee's the best team in the NBA. And I, on FanDuel this weekend, will probably put some money down on them winning the whole thing. I think that they're balanced. I think that they have a superstar. I think that it also works out where the number two guy on that team, Chris Middleton, understands what his role is. And the way that he played 
against the Nets the other night. It was spectacular. Giannis has been has struggled against them for some reason. And Middleton was like, I got you. Watch this. I need some of that from Zach. I think we figured out for now, and this could flip next season. For now, we know where the offensive initiation is coming from. When both of them are on the floor, it's DeMar. Which is good. It's been successful. When DeMar's not on the floor, I want Zach to just be selfish, man. You got called selfish for a really long time when this team wasn't good. When he's not on the floor, go do you and be selfish. If you remember the last time that that the, the Bulls in Milwaukee got together, there was a problem. And... There are often problems when it comes to Grayson Allen being on the floor, whether it was in college or in the pros. If you don't remember, let Brandon refresh your memory. Long rebound picked up off the floor near the ankles by Thomas, and it eludes him, but Io there to Caruso. And Caruso is sent to the floor by Grayson Allen. In suspended air, Grayson Allen fouls Caruso, and we are way above here in the lower bowl of Milwaukee. And, folks, let me tell you, we heard... Caruso crashing to the floor, and he is down underneath the rim where the Bulls shoot. A very dangerous play on the part of Grayson Allen. Yeah, super dangerous play by Grayson Allen. That was back in January. And Caruso finished the game, but then we found out that his hand was all messed up. And he hasn't been back. And they need him, especially as a a perimeter defender. I thought that Grayson Allen was a dirty player in college. I also think he looks like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz! Which kind of means he looks like Tom Ricketts. Because I think that... You ever seen the juxtaposition of Ted Cruz and Tom Ricketts? I'm looking at the picture right now. There's someone did like a face-off, face-off thing with Ted Cruz and Tom Ricketts. It's... They do look alike. I think that's why Ted got the beard. He didn't want to be mistaken for Tom, who's a little bit more handsome than he is. But I think Grace now looks like a younger version of both them dudes, a younger, taller version. Both them dudes. Guess who wants the smoke? I don't know if there'll be any smoke tonight, but guess who wants the smoke if there is some smoke? Tristan Thompson wants the smoke. If there's going to be some problems, there's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. I think one of my dogs are like that. We're going to have issues. So you got to set the tone. I mean, that's what Bulls basketball is about. Send the tone. You know, what he did affected one of our guys. And um, I don't think anyone should forget about that. So I'm pretty sure United Center's going to be rocking tomorrow. I think guys have the back of their head and play chippy. Let's play chippy. I like it. I like a little blood and sweat. So I enjoy it. It's regular season. It's all right. You got to set the tone. Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, I, I like it. I like to wrestle. I like to wrestle. Everybody knows that. He likes to wrestle. He likes to tussle. I'm uncomfortable right now. Why are you uncomfortable? I ain't going to say. I ain't going to say. Why not? What you afraid of? Likes to wrestle? Yeah, what's wrong with wrestling? 
That can be implied in different ways. It could be. And there, there were definitely some fans in Atlanta last night that were making their voices known on some of the, the issues with Tristan Thompson. But doesn't every team need a guy like that? He said, you know I like to wrestle. You know. I mean. Y'all know. Y'all know I like to wrestle out here. Yeah, but he means on the court. Does he? I guess. Hey, they've got Bobby Portis, and now the, the Bulls have Tristan Thompson. We'll see if anyone's handing out two pieces and biscuits tonight. You don't want to mess with Bobby Portis, man. Well, oh, crazy ass. That's what, that's what they used to call him, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, he literally beat up a teammate. So I don't think you want it with Bobby. I also don't think you want it with Tristan. That's a good little heavyweight matchup that you could put together. I do think you want it with Grayson Allen, though, because he's a dude that throws stones and hides his hand, and that's what I don't like about him. If you're going to be that dude, if you want to be Matt Barnes, be Matt Barnes. But then don't – don't and, and the thing that was galling, like hard play, dirty play, it was, it was the smirk afterwards and then not checking on Caruso. So if you want to be that guy, you can be him. Hell, Bulls had Dennis Rodman for forever. I'm thinking, too, Camp said it earlier on Bernstein Rahimi. Grayson Allen normally stands at the three-point line. He's there just to shoot. So it's like, when you, what are you going to do? You gonna Right when you throw him to the corner, you're going to, like, just, what, <laughs> clothesline him, Tristan? Like, just straight knock him down? Like No. What Tristan is saying is that if it jumps off, it jumps off. He's saying he's ready if it jumps off. That he's not looking for it to jump off, but if it happens to jump off, he's ready. Sound like that friend when you go into the party. Yes. Like, Yo, if something goes down, I got you. But the problem is, and we've all had that friend, the problem is that sometimes that friend is overzealous looking for confrontation. And you have to be like, hey, man, it's not that type of party. I don't want to have to fight my way out of here. This is my daughter's birthday. Relax. This is a Wendy's, sir. We don't need to be fighting anyone. We're all just here at Five Faces trying to get our pizza puff on. Why do you want to fight everybody? It would seem like these are real examples that I'm giving you, and they might be. There's a reason I never have had a good New Year's. Because in my 20s, there are a bunch of people that was messing them up. And now I got to fight you. And I don't want to fight you. I mean, I'll fight you, but I don't want to fight you. So, yes, you do need someone that will do a little bit of the, the like a little bit of the tough talking. And hopefully he can back it up. I mean, if we be, if we're being real, if we're like, the stay-ready all-stars of this version of the Chicago Bulls, my money be on DeMar. Like, if, if, if it comes down to who really throws hands on this team, like, who's known for throw? my money would be on DeMar being that dude. Yeah, if you had to pick one, DeMar, I, I wouldn't go. Green, too. Javante, oh, yeah. I, He's had to fight for everything in his life. Right. So There's five that- Javante Greens out there at any given moment. But, yes, it would be those dudes. 
that you would be like, yeah. And there's a part of me that feels like Vooch has some of that in him, but it never comes out. Like you wanted to come out in the post last night. Never does, though. It never, it never does. does. Yeah, my if it's like stay ready all-star time, like if I'm walking in, if I have to put together a collection of 2022 Bulls players that I want with me, here's my team. You only get three, okay? You get the a foursome, a wolf pack, right? Damar, Javante, Caruso. That was mine right there. I was going to say Caruso. I thought those, you were going to say Tristan in there, but no, 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 I'm going Caruso. The three dudes that I'm walking in with are DeMar, Javante, and Caruso. I'm, I'm with you. Anytime I feel like, what is Caruso, like 26, something mm-hmm. like that, and he just decided to just let it go, like, like you know what, I, I trust anybody like that to pull out the look and still rock the headband with it. Yeah. To me, I'm like, yo, that's a guy that will go. And diving on the floor and all that, yeah, that's a guy who will go. Yeah. That's who you. That's who you're. You're out there with, like you. You know. Now, if I want to have like a super fun night, I'm calling Zach. Because I feel like Zach know where the parties are. Or, Tristan, depending well, on the type of guy you. See, here's the thing. You here's. Okay, is anyone watching or listening? You don't want to go out with Tristan, and the reason why is. You don't want to have to be alibi man. You don't want to then be put in a situation later where it's like, oh, Lawrence, how was your son's birthday party? I don't have a son. Oh, oh, what what had happened? No, I don't have like a son. But like what had happened was is like my nephew, he's like my son. We had a party and Tristan came through. That's what you don't, because trust me, that has happened to me quite a bit where I've been like, no, I I wasn't on Rush Street last night. Oh, yeah, I was. See, I, what had happened was is that I forgot that it was such a good night. You know, that's why you don't want to go out with Tristan. Because you don't want to. You don't want to be in that space of not being prepared to lie. Getting that text a little too late, like, oh, dang. Right. Hey, if you run into blah, 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 tell blah, blah, blah that I was with you. Oh. Okay. All right. So I already ran into him, and I told them that I wasn't at the White Sox game last night. My bad on that. Basically, what I'm telling you is that I'm an unreliable friend. Back after this on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. The whole picture of the Bulls season, that entire mosaic, will not be defined tonight. But... I will say that when you look at their record against the top six teams in the Eastern Conference, it's it's not good, by the way. It's way below 500. And you look at what's happened over the last week. I want you to gather all of these data points 
the way that we were gathering data points on the White Sox throughout the season, where we were going, man, this team doesn't play really good defense. That might cost them in the playoffs. Man, this this team's rotation is good, but what if the game gets shortened? Are they going to be good enough to... And then you got to the playoffs, and it was a reason why they lost. Man, this team strikes out an awful lot and doesn't put a lot of balls in play and sometimes goes into slumps as lineups against really good pitchers. That could cost them in the playoffs. That team doesn't have a reliable right fielder or left-handed bat that they could put in the middle of the lineup. That could cost them in the playoffs. And then all of those things ended up costing them in the playoffs. So while it might not be a straight line from some of the problems the Bulls are having to what they could have in the playoffs because the matchups are important and styles make fights, I do think that in watching tonight's game, you're looking for, can this group, can they find it within themselves to rally from what happened in Atlanta and what's been going on this week Get better spacing. Have Zach be more dominant when DeMar's not on the floor. And Vooch, jump, man. Jump. That's all you got to do. I'll talk to Parkins and Spiegel. Wait. It's Parkins and Grody today. I saw Mr. Handsome himself walk in the hallways. That's next here on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.